Badass. It's Amethyst Mahoney of Spiritual Badass, and I'm so excited to welcome you today to another episode of the podcast. I would love to hear your feedback, comments, questions, or anything that comes up to you from listening. If you'd like to connect with me deeper, be sure to follow the podcast and continue to listen. And also go on over to my page on Facebook, where I share daily insights, commentaries, and downloads from the universe on how to run a multiple six-figure business just by being yourself. It is full of information for ambitious and success-minded entrepreneurs just like you, and you'll be able to connect with other incredible leaders right there on the page. I'll see you on the other side of this podcast, and remember, get clients, kick ass, and repeat. So today's topic, today's podcast is going to be me. So I'm mixing in some interviews as well as some topics with me. Um, and a lot of things that I want to talk about that are really different than anything that you're going to hear out there. Um, a lot of the ways that I do business and the ways that spiritual entrepreneurs do business is really, really different than the philosophies and the basic business teachings. So it's going to be things that um, go against a lot of everything that you've heard, especially out there from big time business people, um, business coaches and people who, you know, are really big in the industry because they tend to regurgitate the same information over and over again. And so I want to tell you a different way that I feel is much better for uh, spiritual entrepreneurs and, and the people that I work with. Okay. So this is especially for you. If you want to make a difference in the world, change the world in some sort of way, as well as if you want to start creating a deeper transformations with your clients, if you want to do more high ticket programs and by that, I mean more premium offers. Um, we'll be doing more on the premium hybrid method, but if you're not sure what all of these terms and things I'm using mean, go over to the Spiritual Badass website, and I'm actually putting up a page that has our mission statement as well as uh, some information about all of these different terms, because I feel like that's really, really important, especially at this point, and especially with this topic that I'm talking about today. So you can find that at spiritualbadass.info. Of course, if you're listening to this on a um, podcast station somewhere like SoundCloud or iHeartRadio, or if you're on Spotify, you can go over to spiritualbadass.info slash podcast. <clears throat> and it will have the link directly to that page so that you can find out more. Okay, so today we want to talk about changing the world. And what I mean by this is like, you don't have to fix everything. This isn't about the savior complex. This isn't about the wounded healer who's trying to make themselves feel better by fixing everyone else. This is about changing what you want to see in the world. It's really interesting to me that a lot of people use that quote. Um, I want to say it's Gandhi. I'll look it up, but it's be the change that you want to see in the world. Right. And they think that a lot of times that is just by posting inspirational quotes or, you know, writing random things on the internet, but they're not actually doing or being those things. And so what I'm going to talk to you about today is actually a way to um, embody that change and start to live in a way that is a, 
action and is an example of the change that you want to see in the world. And that is why it's so different than all of the business advice out there, because a lot of the business advice out there will tell you, basically, you will end up doing things that will start to conform to other people's ideas. And you will start to change your business and what you talk about and what you say in a way that may get more clients, especially low price clients in the short term, but it's going to make you feel really, really gross and really, really bad. And it's not what you are here to do, right? So a lot of this today is going to be about how we talk to our clients, what we say to them or our prospects, because this also has to do with posting on social media, doing live streams and podcasts, showing up for interviews, doing blog posts, basically anything that you are putting out there for your business, whether it be emails, um, your membership site, if you have one or your own community, um, or if you are doing something on someone else's platform and talking to their people, it's what you say to people. So we get really bogged down in our own thoughts about this and especially about what we hear on the internet. And this has been really, really difficult for me over the years. And I know it's really, really difficult for you if you're listening to this and all of my clients. So what happens is we have ideas about what we want to say and how we want to say it. And we journal and we think about it. And maybe like me, you walk around and you speak about it out loud, which I think is the best way to come up with your ideas. Um, and I know that's hard right now because you may not be alone in your house. So you may not want to do that, but it really is good if you can just go talk about it out loud, or if you're journaling to read it back out loud to yourself, it really helps you feel how that uh, statement or how the things that you're saying land in your body and how they hit in your energy. And so uh, you may have your idea about what you want to say, right? And then what you do is, is you usually get on the internet and then instead of just posting what you want to post or live streaming or videoing or anything like that, what happens is you start to read other people's content. And you start to, you know, look at reels or go to somebody else's community or, you know, see what other people are saying or Google keyword it or go to answer the public and see what people are asking about your topic, those kinds of things. And this will change who you are and what you're actually here to be and to say and to do. And I think it's one of the worst things that you can do starting out. We get a lot of bad advice about this. So most business gurus and people on the internet um, will tell you, and I, I absolutely hate this, they will tell you, go create an ideal client avatar, which is just the stupidest phrase ever because avatar was a movie with blue beings. Just stop with the avatar, okay? I know it came from computer gaming and stuff, Nobody uses it in computer gaming anymore. Nobody talks about their avatar. It's only a business term these days. People laugh at it if, from where it actually came from. Like we've abandoned that, okay? Um, so they will tell you, go create a client avatar or an ideal client, ideal client avatar. And then they would tell you, go survey your audience. 
the fucking worst things to do, especially when you're first starting out and especially when you aren't quite sure who your clients are, who your audience is. But listen, here's the thing. I hate when people say these two things, and this is what everybody says almost, right? The people who are really killing it, doing multiple seven figures and stuff, they'll still say it sometimes. But if you get in a back room with them, they're like, no, I do what I want to do. And then you know how to survey your right people and to put things out in a way that you're going to get the right feedback from the right people. But that comes much much later. That does not happen when you first start off. When you first start off, people will tell you, post on the internet, like, when you, when you think about me, what are the three things that you think about? Or what are the three words that come up for you? Like those kinds of things. You should not be asking random people that when you first start out. You should not be creating an ideal client avatar and then worrying about it. And you should not, absolutely not be surveying your audience until you've made at least $50,000 minimum, preferably six figures or multiple six figures. But don't, because what's gonna happen is you're gonna get really, really bad feedback and really, really bad advice. And then your business is gonna get completely off track, okay? So everybody tells you to do these things. And I'm flat out telling you, if you are a spiritual person and you want to make a difference in the world and make some positive changes and you want to help your clients deeply transform their lives, just ignore all of those things. Do not do them, even though everybody else is telling you to do them. They're not what you want to be doing. So here's what you want to do instead you want to create content that explains what you want, what the changes are that you want to see in the world, right? You can start with a big mission statement. Once you have a program or a course or a coaching package put together, it's much, much easier. So what I tell people always is to start with a premium high ticket offer. If you don't know how to do that, then check out, we have trainings over in the Spiritual Badass uh, website on how to do that. You can sign up for um, the Premium Hybrid Method Workshop. There's all kinds of ways that you can get more information about how to do this, but you want to put something together that, it, that you can offer to people. And then from there, you can start explaining to people what you mean about it. You'll also need to create content that explains what you mean by certain words and phrases, and you'll need to educate your audience. This actually came up this past week and the energy really shifted around this recently. And I, I'm really so glad that it did um, because I think more people are on board with this now. You have to understand that it's your job to help people see what you mean, right? Instead of sitting around like, I don't know how to communicate what I wanna say in a way that that people won't bring their baggage about it or that they understand what I'm trying to talk about. So we need to take a step back, especially right now in the time period that we're in, and we need to educate people on our definition of it, okay? And this is not difficult to do, actually. If you read um, any of like Esther and Jerry Hicks books or see any of the videos and things that, that they talk about, 
um, the Abraham series and the things that she does, they always start out with an explanation of what's going on. So put some kind of explanation out there and then refer to it very quickly every once in a while. And so here's the thing. One of the things that I've been wanting to talk about for a very long time is spiritual entrepreneurs. And I've used the phrase off and on for years, but it hasn't always landed with people, right? It's really interesting to me. So when I think of spiritual entrepreneurs, I think of people who are spiritual, people who are Reiki healers, tarot readers. Um, a lot of times they've left fundamentalist upbringings or religions. Um, they've been ostracized by friends and families. Now that's more of, you know, some deeper things that may have happened, but the real crux of it is, is that you don't have to do the spiritual spirit. I'm quoting and in quotes, right? Spiritual thing in order to be a spiritual entrepreneur. So what I talk about is people who have these spiritual practices in their personal lives and they want to help their clients make changes and transform their lives and they want to make a positive difference in the world. That doesn't mean you have to read tarot cards for your clients. You may pull oracle cards for yourself and journal, but you may talk to your clients about nutrition or health or um, I have a, a lady who's a postpartum bliss coach. She rarely if ever talks about spirituality or Oracle cards or anything like that, but she uses them in her own life. And tons of my clients are like that. They're coaches for their clients or they're, um, they do some kind of programs or online courses, but they don't necessarily do like Reiki energy healings or some kind, you know, yoga or whatever, you know, you think of as your spiritual practice. You don't, they don't lead meditation uh, retreats or they don't do channeling or activations with their clients, but they do those things in their personal lives. Okay. So if you do some of those things, then that is spiritual. If you are a fundamentalist in a religion and your religion says it's the only way it hates gay people. Um, it's a little bit racist. It's misogynistic. You're not spiritual you're not and your religion is not so that is the distinction that i have to make because too many fundamentalist type people and very overly religious people believe that they're spiritual and they are so far removed from spirituality that it is it would be laughable if it wasn't so sad okay so i've had to go out and start educating people on this is what spirituality is right this is what it means in my world. And so now that you know that definition and now that you know that, now you can make a distinction and really understand, are you potentially someone that I work with and should you come over to our community, <laughs> right? Or are you not? And that is where your marketing has to get. It has to get to being able to pull in the right people and then the other people who don't belong, they can just go away and go find somewhere where they do belong, okay? So that is a really, really important thing that you have to start doing is defining what you mean. And people have been like taking words and just changing words and phrases lately. It's crazy how much things have changed the past few years with the internet. Like they completely changed 
the um, definition of introvert, which I'm still like, whatever, you should have found a different word. But, um, but I use the new definition sometimes because I'm like, all right, I'll just explain what it means, okay? So you have to look at how you want to market and what are the words and phrases that you want to use and then educate people about that. Now, you're not going to do it in every single post and every single live video or anything like that, but you want to have a place where people can go and look at it, which I'm about to add that to my website. Again, you'll be able to um, find that if you go over to the podcast page and, and look it up, but it really is about being very uh, clear and very intentional on how you're saying what you're saying. And then, and then you don't have to worry about it, right? You can just use the words that you want to use. Okay. So this isn't about convincing everyone that your viewpoint is right. It's about getting the conversation started. And then that will find the people who like your point of view and they will want to work with you. And a lot of people will be like, I've never thought about it that way. And some people will be like, that's stupid. You know, and so those that stupid people will go away, but the people who are very interested and curious will stay. And there's going to be other people who will be like, oh my God, I'm glad someone finally said this because I've been thinking about this and it drives me crazy that people don't understand that this is what it means, right? And those are going to be some of your biggest fans and potentially some of your best clients. So this is what most people don't understand about social media is that it's not about convincing everyone. You're not here to change the world in the way that you have to make everyone feel like you do. And I think this is kind of what's been wrong with the internet and what's been wrong with everything going on. So I'll tell you an example. Just recently, I started posting to my Instagram page called The G Word, right? I think it's still like the name of it is still spiritual badass, but the, the name of the actual thing is the G word. <sighs> okay. The reason I started this page was because I used the word God. I was connected to God way before religion came in. I don't know why that name came up. It probably came up just because I heard people talk about God, like culturally, right? And, and I probably saw, you know, I was in the South and so I'm sure I saw billboards and churches and things like that. And, and people would be like, you know, what do you go to church for? And I would say that and they'd be like, oh, you know, that's where you go worship God or whatever. So from a very young age, I was connected to the word God. When religion came in and did all the crap that it did, because I was raised fundamentalist. And then over the years, I left religion, I left the word God behind. I find this happens a lot with spiritual entrepreneurs and the people that I work with. A lot of people have a lot of bitterness towards the word God and using the word God. And so they rely on words like source or universe, right, in order to differentiate it. But what people tell me the most, and especially the clients I have where we work around their fundamentalist issues and issues around, you know, how do they want to create their spiritual path versus what they want to do about their religious upbringing, they don't feel a personal connection with the source or universe or goddess or any of the other filler words that they try to use. And I had this exact same problem myself because my word for God was God. 
And when I left religion, I wanted to not talk about it in a way that would attract religious, you know, Jesus freaks or something like that. I don't want that kind of fundamentalist BS around. And so for years, I didn't use the word God. And so, but I, I but it's secretly I do. <laughs> like in my personal, you know, I pray, pray, prayer is very different for me. I'm going to have to educate people about what that actually is and what that looks like. But that is what that site is for. And it's about talking to people who have this issue with the G word. The G word is God, in case you didn't pick up on that. <laughs> and so, and so it's all about all of those issues that come up between spirituality versus religion and fundamentalism. When I post things like that, and especially when I just try to use the word God anywhere, a lot of spiritual people get pissed off because they bring it's bringing up their own baggage around it. And then a lot of people who are very fundamentalist will show up. Those are not my clients. And so it really is about educating people around these issues. Now, there has been a lot of stuff that has gone on the last 20 years or so, I think has been really stupid, <laughs> like really stupid around language. Um, really feeling, you know, weird definitions of words, changing meanings of words, and then the overly use of acronyms. So many stupid acronyms that don't mean anything at all, and they don't convey any information. And part of this is because people keep spreading this lie that people have short attention spans. People do not have short attention spans. People will sit and watch two and a half, three hour movies. They will sit in a clubhouse room for six or seven hours. They will go watch a Twitch stream that's nine or 10 hours long. You cannot buy into this stupid lie that people have short attention spans. It's absolute bullshit. And so if you are you know, creating your marketing and your content based on that lie, then you're going to lose every time. And you're not going to be able to get deeply into the things that you are really here to communicate. Because again, spiritual people, we generally read like really long books. We love to read and like real books, book books, not just on a computer, you know, real books. And we really dive deeply into things. We love learning. And to do that, you, you takes a lot of time and a lot of attention and energy and a lot of words. So this whole thing where people kind of, you know, flipped everything to the, oh, let's do 15 second videos and we'll convey everything in like a, you know, 20 word caption or whatever. It's ridiculous. So things are, things are changing now, thank God. Um, but everybody followed this trend, like social justice workers, political analysts, like everybody says POTUS now, which drives me up the fucking wall. Like just say president of the United States. Like, are you really that dumb and lazy? Come on. It's not a POTUS. I will never use that except to make fun of it. That is the only way. Um, but everyone has followed this thing. And I've hated it. I've hated this trend so much. And I've really been bitching against it for about 20 years. Even little things like rip. When someone dies, you write rip. Are you kidding me? Like how lazy and rude do you have to be 
do not even be able to spell out something like rest in peace or to like write a, sen a little sentiment, something that's heartfelt about that person. You just post rip and you think that that's doing anything. It makes you look like an idiot. Um, it doesn't express any kind of compassion at all. And it's really just detrimental to everything. Like, and I'm not just talking about that, but like anytime you just use some stupid acronym to try to communicate something that you could have actually spelled it out. It's ridiculous. It's the epitome of laziness. I'm just not even going to mince that. It's so funny to me is that these texting shorthands and acronyms started popping up on the internet and stuff and people use them on their phones and everything. And we used to have these flip phones where you would have to press the button three times just to get to the right letter. And it took 10 minutes to write like a five word text message. It was ridiculous, but you know what? We sat there and we did it and we spelled it out. And now you can use a phone. You can even, you know, connect the the letters and it will find the word for you. You can send a really long text message in like 20 seconds and people are just too lazy to, to do it. It's, it's really bad. So this isn't just me being old and bitching about it. This actually is a problem. And so let's take, for example, the BIPOC craze, right? B-I-P-O-C, it's, it's Black Indigenous People of Color. Worst acronym ever. I've always hated this acronym. Uh, I really think I've used it about twice in the past five years. And every time it makes me throw up a little bit in my mouth. It's ridiculous. So now, finally, people are saying not to use that, that acronym anymore. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about um, Black women and women who, you know, are darker skinned than me are saying, let's stop using BIPOC. And I'm like, hallelujah, thank you. You have finally figured this out because you know, it's, it's just stupid. The new change is that they're saying, well, we should just use black and brown. Remember for a long time, people were like, don't say black people. It was bad. And I'm like, I have always said black people and I always will because some people are black, right? Some people are brown. Some people have a little yellowish tone, but we don't go around saying yellow people. Cause I've never done that. And that just seems weird. Um, but black people, right? Not this. And, and where I grew up, you did not say African-American. One of my best friends would always say when people said African-American to him, he would get so pissed. He would be like, do I look like I'm from fucking Africa? Right. And I really feel like this is kind of the sentiment that people are coming back to that. These ideas are just, they're coming back around to like, it's at a, a higher level, but all of this stuff that's been going around the last 10 or 20 years around uh, everything is just finally getting better. So now people are saying using use black or brown. Um, of course, that leaves out a lot of indigenous people who are lighter skinned, a lot of Asian people and Asian Americans. So people are still trying to find the word around it, right? But here's, here's the point. There are no shortcuts for this. Throwing up an acronym is stupid. It doesn't convey anything. And there are no shortcuts in business either. So no acronym is going to sum up what you mean, ever. You have to spend more time actually saying what you mean and use real words to do it. And of course, you're not gonna be able to spend all of your time in every single poster video, you know, explaining all of the possibilities. So what you wanna do is create a way 
that you can communicate, educate your audience about what you actually mean and how the words are that you use them and then just let the chips fall where they may. And so this is what I mean when I say that all the political correct bullshit needs to die. I say this <laughs> like people and people get so mad because they're like, when people say political correctness needs to die, it's because they're racist and they just want to be, you know, down on. And I'm like, no, that's not what I mean. Here's what I mean. Because what political correctness is, is people running around looking for something to be pissed off about. That is what I'm talking about, right? So like, and, and I've had this happen so many times, like people will come into me and they'll be like, oh, you mentioned, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people. But then you just said like everyone else in that community and you didn't specifically mention my polyamorous pagan June gender fluid friend who identifies as sapiosexual. I actually had someone tell me that one time. I was like, no shit. I don't have time to call out every potential possibility, right? And every nuance of something that I might say. So the point of this is, is that, and not just around sexuality, color, any of that kind of crap, there will always be someone out there who is looking to be offended if you don't mention their specific, whatever their issue is, whatever their identity is, whatever their specific challenge is. There are people out there who the entirety of their energy and their being is focused on how can I be pissed off and butthurt at the next person who doesn't say what I want them to say. And this really comes from people who are focusing on how they're slighted. And I'm not saying people aren't slighted, but this is where their focus is 100% of the time. And they want to feel left out instead of looking for the good in others or focusing on the energy and intention of your message. This is how a bunch of white women started policing other white women about especially race issues that they have no idea about and don't have the means to be speaking up about it in the way that they were, right? It didn't come from, from other women who were different colors. It came from white women making shit up. And, uh, and I found this a lot in my, I got a master's degree on public health and safety. And there were just a bunch of white women making up policies and rules and things about word and word usage. They never consulted women who weren't white like ever. And then they would come in and teach us how to do this. And I spoke up against it in uh, several of my classes and they got very pissed off about it. And I was like, I want to talk to a person who is transgendered about your transgendered policies. I want to talk to a woman who is black about your community efforts in poor neighborhoods who are predominantly black. That's who I want to hear from. I don't want to hear from what you think about it. This is stupid right? So when you are looking at these different things, and, and I don't want you to get me wrong, in some areas, and especially when we're talking about basic human rights, racism, transgender issues, all of those kinds of things, it's really important to spell things out more clearly. But when you are looking at marketing your business and showing up online, doing your launches, your campaigns, your social media posts and videos, it's unrealistic for someone to expect you to spend 80% of your time focused on their specific issue, 
yes, you can mention things and yes, you can talk about these things in your business, but you cannot spend all of your time talking about it because you have a business to run, right? So this isn't, this isn't just about human rights, Black Lives Matters, LBGT, racism, any of those things. This happens every single day in any potential post or video that you may put out there. Um, where you talk about stories then that you have been through, where you talk about what's this things that matter to you, right? If you're being especially like vulnerable and you write a post that's really raw, there are people who will come up and attack you on that. Not all the time, but it does happen. So let me share a recent example from my own life. This really pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I recently found a sea turtle conservatory that I want to donate to. And I was so excited about it because I love sea turtles and I've always had an affinity for them. And um, I, you know, I donate to different things. Every time we move, I, use, I find a local charity to donate to, but I really wanted to find a sea turtle place. So I found one that's awesome. And as soon as I posted about it, people started messaging me and, and giving me pushback about it. And they would say things like I was being selfish and that I should donate to cancer foundations or that I should donate to the children's hospital or I should donate to whatever other thing that they thought that I should donate to, right? Do you see how ridiculous that is? These are the types of things that happen when you talk about things that you're excited about and someone wants to come in and take a shit all over it. Like they just want to dump everything they don't want onto your pretty shiny little thing that you are excited about. And this happens because they care more about their issue and how they think that they should feel than they do about you. It's a total lack of compassion, a total lack of empathy. And the worst part about it is they're totally oblivious and clueless that they are doing this. So they will spend all of their time and energy trying to convince you that you're the selfish one. And that if you were a good person, you would bend to their will and do what they say. And this is where you really have to, you know, be strong on the internet. And you have to understand that these people, I don't want to use the word gaslighting, but these people are trying to manipulate and control you and emotionally blackmail you into agreeing with them. And then they're like, you're the bad person. When they're being a childish doofus, people who are mature don't do that. People who are all about their own agenda and completely selfish and clueless in their lives, those are the people who do that. And they're also, you know, they're also hurting and whatever ways that they're hurting, but that doesn't excuse that behavior ever, okay? The irony of the whole thing is that it's out of control. And people who do this are absolutely unable to see that they're doing it. If you try to explain it to them that they're being selfish and they're being wrong, they will flip out. So just don't even bother with it, okay? <laughs> So you want to think about what you're going to say when you go to put something out into the world, 
But you also at some point have to learn not to give a damn about what other people's opinions are about it because you are here to create something, to create some type of change that is what you want to do and what you want to see in the world. That means that you can't spend 90% of your time trying to address what everybody else wants to talk about. It's their job to talk about whatever they want to talk about. It is your job to talk about what you are here to talk about, okay? And I think this is one of the hardest things for a business owner um, because we want other people to like our stuff. We don't like it when people complain or say, you should have done something else. We start to question that and overthink it and be like, well, should I have done something else? And then we go down this rabbit hole that is really not useful or serving us in any way. Um, we want people to say good things about our stuff. We want people to tell their friends about us so that we can reach more people. And as spiritual entrepreneurs, it's even more difficult because we are generally empaths and introverts, and we deeply feel what other people say about our things, especially when it's negative. And yes, even if it's over the internet, because we feel the pain behind that person's lashing out. We can feel that, right? So we think it's about us, but it's not. It's, a, it's their shit and it's their baggage. And that's what we have to differentiate when we are online, when you're a spiritual entrepreneur. We don't want people to not like us. And you have to understand that it's just inevitable that some people are not going to like you. It's like strawberry ice cream or, or how about this? Chocolate mint ice cream is my, my husband's favorite mint chocolate chip. Is that what it is? Whatever. It's disgusting. <laughs> I like mint, but I don't like it cold and sitting in my mouth. This is gross. So my husband has mint chocolate chip ice cream. I will never like mint chocolate chip ice cream. And he will always be like, oh, I got this new kind. It's, it's even better. It's really good. You should try it. No, I don't like it, right? So sometimes you're just going to be the mint chocolate chip ice cream to somebody else out there. It doesn't matter. It's not like there should be some kind of judgment about oh my God, I can't believe you don't like mint chocolate chip ice cream or mint chocolate chip ice cream should be like, oh my God, maybe I should change. No, you just be whatever you are. There are going to be some people who don't like it. So if you have a mission or a big goal, which I really encourage you to sit down and write, this is going to be much easier for you. But if you don't, then it's going to get really hard really fast. And you're going to have a really difficult time with your business and a really difficult time keeping going when things get difficult. So you want to spend some time defining your keywords and your phrases that you want to use in your business, talking about the things that you want to change in the world, talking about the, the issues and the challenges related to your business that are very, very important to you. And then you want to stop worrying about how some people might perceive them, right? And worry more about spending your time on how you're going to educate people on what those words and phrases mean to you and how you see it, what you mean by them. 
Now, your words and phrases may change a little bit over time, but in general, when you have the right words, it's really going to hit home for you and it's going to feel really, really good to you. And that when you feel really, really good and your energy is really aligned, then that's when you're going to attract amazing high paying clients who want to work with you deeply. That's when you can change the world together. It's been so great to have you here for another episode of the Spiritual Badass Podcast. I would love to hear how this episode spoke to you and any feedback you have or just what came up for you. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook and check out the website for more tips and trainings at www.amethystmahoney.com. If you enjoyed this podcast today, be sure to leave a review and share it with one of your badass friends who wants to create an amazing multiple six-figure business that they love. And remember, get clients, kick ass, and repeat.